Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. How you guys doing out there? Sorry for the delay, man. It just was a really weird, busy week uh, last week. I didn't get a second episode in. I was hoping to. And then um, we had class for Mile High. Uh, we filled in. It actually was a full class, but we uh, filled in a last-minute one. Ended up with 10 students. was awesome uh, this weekend. So I was kind of getting ready for that. And then Thursday just got away from me. I was going to try to do it ahead of time. But I ended up doing a couple other things and getting some stuff sorted out. But um, I'm here and we're back. And uh, I want to thank everybody who came to the class. Excellent group of students we had um, at the Mile High class. Uh, good conditions. It was it was cool because the first day we had some pretty big winds. You know, normal, the 15, 16 miles an hour. And, and it wasn't, um, it was, you know, the 100 yard, the paper and, and a lot of that stuff on the first day classroom things like that. And then um, on Saturday and Sunday, we had like eight mile an hour, but really weird and tricky and switching left, right, you know, sides and stuff. And so it made for an excellent little win class for everybody. And man, the guys did really well. We actually had two students uh, clean. We do a drill uh, near the end of the class. We do it a couple times actually, but we did it. Uh, we did it early on in this one. We're when we dope everybody out and we get all this other, you know, everything all taken care of, we give them 10 rounds and we let them go from 200 all the way out to 1,000. And so we have the targets out there in a line and basically you got like three minutes to do, you know, 200, 300, 400, 500, and you only get X amount of misses, two misses to clean it. And we actually had two students, first time ever, clean it, Rob and Lance. Both of them were, it was funny because both were shooting AXMCs. Uh, they uh, picked those up. Uh, one was a six millimeter, uh, six, I think he's six millimeter Creedmoor, but he, I know he was six millimeter for sure. Rob was, and then Lance was a six, five Creed, uh, but just out of the MC version. So that worked out really well. A couple of PRCs in the class too. I, I kind of, I like everything I'm seeing out of the PRCs. I don't know what the availability is. But um, they seem to be a nice little middle ground for that average or, or, or for the um, to go up into the Magnum and to get velocity out of the uh, calibers. So uh, two six five PRCs in the class, really flat, really fast, um, you know, in solid shooters, good, you know, good accuracy out of them. So we saw that, but we had a really good class, no issues, no scope stuff. Um, what well, we did, but we didn't. We, we had some weird kind of, no, nothing crazy, but um, equipment-wise, everybody turned out to be really good. But we had, a, yeah, it was a good group of guys, good conditions, good shooting that we did. Um, and everybody, I think, learned some stuff. It's funny because, uh, you know, we had uh, one of the shooters had taken the class in Alaska. And it's it, it's interesting how people, like, process and reconcile what we're doing Cause it's like, well, you know, I took the class in Alaska and I didn't learn any wind. And it's like, well, there is no wind, but you got this exact same wind class PowerPoint wise. You just can't put it into practice because there is no wind up there. You know, we never at a thousand yards. We're lucky if we're holding left edge of plate, you know, we get a, we get about a mile to two miles an hour. That always comes from the left, comes through the woods. And so it, it's hard to put those things into practice but when they come out here, then it's like total wind. You know what I mean? It's, it's, oh, let me turn this thing off. Hang on a minute before this starts binging on us the whole time again. But it's total um, wind action out here. And so it just makes it kind of an interesting little dynamic that, you know, that you want to understand um, what, what's going on. Okay, so I'm going to hit some questions up. Uh, because I hadn't really finished all the Podbean questions and everything. I'm going to jump into that, and then we'll get on and do some other things. Oh, that Kalen interview went off awesome. Really good feedback from all the stuff with Kalen. So that if you if you hadn't listened to the Kalen episode, I, I highly recommend it. It's the one just before this as well. Um, coming up on 200. So I'm at 199 right now. Oh, my God, I can't believe we've done 200 of these episodes already. It's just crazy. And I wanted to do something kind of cool for it, but I'm like heading to Alaska this week on Wednesday. I got to go to Alaska for uh, the, the final uh, PR2 and then the reunion shoot for the lodge and all that stuff. Uh, you know, they dodged a huge bullet with the fires up there. They were right in the middle of it and they ended up using Sheep Creek Lodge as the uh, 
headquarters for the fire department. So that saved the lodge, but like everything around it, there's a little Caswell market, kind of little itty bitty place, but it burned down and who knows what's north in the Montana Creek area. But I'll be heading up there this week to take a look. Uh, so what do we got some, what do we got going? Um, let's see. Somebody's talking to somebody else. Uh, I'm not saying I would condone it, but I would surely understand it. Okay, it says Frank, uh, what is this? Uh, have you ever thought about Thunder Valley Precision for a class? And um, wins can be a challenge. I know you tread proof. No, I'm not going to do a Thunder Valley. I don't talk. I've talked to Tom Sarver in the past. He was on the sniper's hide for a while. I'm only going to do the Altis in the tread proof right now on the East Coast. Uh, so, yeah, I'll get down to this question again. But people are talking to that. Um, I'm not sure. So let me see what we got here. Oh... Uh, so here we go, Nate, Nate from Minnesota. Nate, uh, we work, Frank, I was the one who won the production division in 2014. They canceled the production after that for a couple years or somewhat. I guess a $2,000 production rifles now justify the division again. Yeah, so Nate, I re this was the story I was telling about the PRS, how they kind of blew Nate off. He had won the production division, and he was a footnote, and nobody wanted to give him the time of day. And they kind of treated him like crap. So uh, Nate and I had talked about that more than once. And that was when the production division just didn't have any legs under it. And then they stopped it. And then this is where um, uh, Joker's asking about Thunder Valley. Yeah, I'm not going to go to uh, Thunder Valley. So, you know, but I appreciate that. And then it says, uh, here's Hawkwood. What has he got going on? Hey, Frank, uh, did Mark start the fire to rid the gas station where the lady was bathing? In <laughs> oh, I think he's talking about Alaska. So did Mark start the fire to burn? No, two different places. Um, Mark saw the lady bathing in Anchorage. Anchorage has the huge, like, walking dead problem up there. <laughs> and the fires were up north. But, yeah, that's pretty funny, dude. I like that. Um, you did Mark start him to, to, to clean his eyes out. Yes. Um, great conversation about the LEO climate change and the need for the shift in training and the standards needs for LEO operators in today's climate. We need more of that going on across the country. Hopefully you um, guys can shift the climate down here in Texas. Great stuff. So Shooter SHC. Yeah, I mean, the LE guys, I would reach out to us, man. If Even if you don't have the money. Here's the thing with LE. Ellie, and, and it's weird. I don't get it. Like I've, I've ranted before that, you know, it's hard to do a class for them because they just don't have the money and it's a, like jump through hoops for them to get training. And, you know, I agree with Kalen, you know, 250 per day per student is not excessive and is not expensive, but that just doesn't happen with the Ellie. You know, meanwhile, if you said, hey, ma'am, the AC's out in your office, you know, because your bean counters are there, they'd be all over it and you'd have, you know, AC for days. But, you know, when it comes down to training, reach out, man. It, Sniper's Hide has a dedicated Ellie and I'm really bad. If you've, if you put in a request to get into the private forum, Sniper's Hide, yeah, let me back up here a minute. We have a private LE forum, LE in law enforcement or military law enforcement forum on Sniper's Hide. And we use work email or, you know, your .gov account, .mil account, or your badge number or something like that to vet you. And so what you do is you PM me and you give me your details and then I turn on permissions to let you go into this private section where you can talk to people. Okay, if I haven't got you because I have like 350 goddamn uh, private messages and I never can get ahead of it. If you hadn't heard from me in a while, she'd bump it up to the top and I can jump on it because I do knock them out when they're in blocks because I get so many um, requests to go in there. But reach out. I mean, reach out and talk to us about what we can do to help you on a no money side of thing within your own training. I mean, maybe there's a way we can help shift the dynamic for you and essentially giving it away for free. I mean, maybe, you know, it's different to have us there. And, and you, you know, if, if you're not quite up to snuff and then you're doing it anyway, odds are you're going to continue to do it wrong and just reinforce bad habits. But if you don't have the ability to go to instructor and you want to kind of do something, definitely reach out to Sniper's Hide in the forum, to me, you know, low light at Sniper's Hide, and ask me, hey, what's a way I can make this work better for us and change that LE climate 
that we have. And it could be a way of kind of getting the ball rolling without spending the money. So um, just a thought. And then Fuzznuts, um, I love hearing from Kalen. Great stuff. Yeah, it was an awesome interview. Henrik's, uh, I like your comment on Jim C's post. I've been to a few matches where guys complain about the prize table, and it ticks me off. Back in the day, a person would play football, basketball, wrestle just to win and gain the title of being a champion and get the trophy. Uh, now, if a person wants to win money, they'd be better off playing lottery or going to the casinos. Yeah, I mean, it's st- there's still a little bit of mindset in there. I saw somebody's taking a dig at me, uh, with Mr. Brown taking a dig at me on Facebook, trying to say, you know, all I do is hawk gear on this. 200 episodes, yeah, all I do is hawk gear, dude. Go eat a dick. I don't even know who you are. Um, so anyway... Yeah, because we don't ever give away and talk about stuff for nothing and, and doing all this other thing and trying to educate people. Instead, it's all about selling product. Meanwhile, the PRS is nothing but a fucking gear sales and how much money they can do. 50 grand to be a sponsor, to be the choice of the PRS that nobody uses, like the Daniel Defense Rifle. You know, official rifle of the PRS, yet there ain't one in a single event. Meanwhile, I'm the bad guy, right? Fucking assholes. Um, anyway, uh, and then we got, uh, let's switch this, WCMGQ57, uh, yeah, and there's a wine out down the road, yeah, totally, right? Bad, bad, bad lyrics and songs are funny as hell, man, I'm with you on that. It, I always thought it was, too, I never even went and looked at the lyrics of Stairway to Heaven. You're lucky I just didn't sing for you guys today. Um, always good to hear others share what they see going on in the shooting community. Keep up the good work, Frank. Yeah, I mean, that's just it. It's like where the pulse of certain things are and, and, and where we see the movement. You know, it's funny. The Gun Digest stuff's coming to the end of the year. And I know they're going to ask me for a gear review, like end of the year 2019, top gear. I can't think of a single thing. I can't think of any, maybe zero compromise because it's out on the street. But other than like a zero compromise scope, what really product are you thinking is out there that is really, really good? You know, I was talking to a guy. I mean, like, think about it. You want to talk gear and all this other stuff that people hawk, like the custom this, custom that, and the actions. And so it's like I saw Curtis that really wasn't running great. And I'm like, man, everybody raves on these ones. And it's like it wasn't running well. It was like a shitty action. And I'm like, dude, this and the guy even said to me in the in the class, I'm like, dude, what's going on with that? He's like, yeah, it's always been this way and it hangs up. Well, then I had another guy in the class, Matt, in this class this weekend. And I'm like, hey, how do you like your Curtis and everything? And, you know, these are expensive actions. He, and I go, I had a guy in a class just last week and it, and it was binding and it wasn't feeding and it was kind of shitty. And he goes, yeah, mine did the same thing. He, he had a freaking wrench on it. What he had to do is he had to round off his uh, ejector because it's like the sharp, squared, straight ejector on it was is what was catching on the rounds and hanging them up and not kind of not feeding them correctly. So, yeah, I mean, these guys talk about me hawking gear. All these guys do is try to sell their buddy's equipment. That's it. Like, if, if PRS isn't a gear race, what is? And all they do... Buy my thing. I did it, you know, what the pros use, what the pros use, as if, that, as if that's not a sales pitch, right? What the pros use, you know, what, you know, what the pros were given. <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah, whatever. Um, so, yeah, what do you think? Come on the Podbean app and give me an idea because I have to do an article on it and I don't see anything out there right now that's lighting the world on fire that would put me I can't even off the top of my head think of something like I couldn't live without today or you know or oh wow like when they came out with this it's awesome I can't even think of it so I'm, I'm at a loss but anyway um what do we got shadow seven saying uh we had a few shootings shots below nasal cavity in a frontal area hit hard surface oh the le this is back to le um and deflected and diverted away from the brainstem. So I, in Kalen's conversation and talking about Doc Mauer, I'm going to kind of preface uh, or, or kind of boil down what uh, Shadow Seven's saying. He basically says they had a shot that happened below the nasal cavity. And we, I was saying that you have to be sort of above it, right? Above the eye uh, orbital sockets there in, in your mandibles and, uh, you know, they're up, not down. And he was saying that teeth and things had knocked it um 
what do you call it, uh, had, had deflected the, bu- the bullet away from the brain stem. And we've heard about this before, where teeth are pretty hard, man. So um, what do we got going on here? But yeah, definitely, th- that's part of that mindset and part of like Doc Maurer getting together with Buford Boone and they're doing, they're looking at terminal ballistics again and they're sort of tweaking and changing some of the things that we're doing. But there's definitely uh, the possibility that if you're in that sort of nose-ish area, that you can hit something harder and deflect it. Um, Jack Jackalope, Jackalope sixty-five. Interesting that you mentioned about hearing about vaping deaths next to the gun deaths. Listening to a Canadian radio station on Sunday, and the DJ brought up the same subject. Yeah, um, good thing that Jackalope. Thanks for bringing this up. Uh, we went on to Sniper's Hide, and I was talking about fixing the message. And we wrote like a living sort of pro-gun, it's actually like a pro-gun owner letters that you can then manipulate. If you go into Sniper's Hide Forum, into the bear pit, fix the message, letters and things, there's some posts about this. We actually crafted letters you can send to like letters of the editor. And it's scalable, manipulable, it's, it's hits all the, what without, you know, you don't want to go into the talking points. You don't want to be like Chicago, Chicago. That's already, that's a dead, you know what there, as soon as you say sort of those tired old things, they're going to roll their eyes and move away. Nobody's listening, you know, but, 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 but Chicago. Yeah. Nobody cares. Okay. That's, that's a dead that they've already defeated that messaging. And you can't bring it up. You know, you can't go into the us and them. Really, what you can't do, and this is kind of what we were looking to do, is craft letters that sort of took away the team sport mentality. Okay, I mean, Denver's doing terrible now, right? 0-3, oh, man, he blah. And, um, but if you look at like a team sport thing, my team's better than your team. My guy's over everything. This, that, that's part of this issue that puts people so we crafted letters that were more sort of in the middle but at the same time hitting on to say you're putting your thumb on me and let's forget about the the optics of you know scary black gun or let's forget about the optics of this or that let's talk about me versus you where there shouldn't be a me versus you right it should be like american and so that that was something we looked at. So if you're interested in that, because there is messaging, they're still keeping it front and center, even with all the distractions that are going on, like every day there's a new distraction. In between all those distractions, they're still saying, where's the gun control? Where's the gun control? So it's like distraction, 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 but where's the gun control? Distraction, 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 but where's the gun control? So they're keeping it in front of the people they're trying to keep it in front of. We need to counter that with these letters. So I would encourage you to go on to Sniper's Hide, go in the forum, copy and paste one of these letters and send it to your local newspaper. Will it work or not work? Who cares? We want that messaging out there that we're not the issue. And so that's what it is. Uh, 800 horsepower, best intro yet. Um, he must be talking about me singing. <laughs> yep. And it says for the, there's a wino down the road. Loved it. Great stuff, man. Yeah, man, I totally, because there's a wino down the road. Totally cool. Um, excited about doing Tread Proof. We'll run that in 2020. Yeah, what we're going to try to do is I'm going to try to do two classes at Tread Proof and two classes at Altus. So, um, yeah, we got uh, Blade Maker in there. Uh, he's always posting. But we're looking to do two classes and move it forward. I'm going to be coming out this month, October. We'll be looking at our schedule. You guys already know we have a schedule out for Alaska. It's already been posted. It's already start to fill up. So in between all the Alaskan schedules, I'm going to be doing uh, more classes down here in the lower 48, expanding to new areas and and trying to just, um, I'm going to be doing a hell of a lot more than I already am. And that's crazy when you think about how how many classes I already did this year. So we'll be doing a heck of a lot more. Um, Frank, the AI addiction is real. Uh, The first time I sold several rifles and bought an AX and then sold the Q-Fix and bought an AT, put the AX stock on it. They're awesome. I'm telling you, I I was testing a prototype barrel uh, this weekend. I had my AX and it's just so easy, man. And I was actually kind of, you know, I, I get away from my AXs a lot, uh, my, or even the, any of the AIs, 
because I'm like dealing with all these chassis systems and barreled actions and Bighorn Origins and Valkyrie. I mean, the Valkyrie's in an AX chassis, right? But I'm a huge AI guy. I love the AI stuff. I'm I'm all about it. I just don't talk about the AIs. I mean, literally, if it's like you just want one rifle, but to be able to do all these different things. Now, I tend to like the short action uh, 308, the AX308 a little better, but there's nothing wrong with an MC other than the firing pin, the small versus large. You always can bush it for the lower caliber. I would totally recommend, like, if you did an MC, and you could get them so damn cheap right now, right? They're getting rid of them. And just get the 308 bolt, send it out, have it bushed, and and kind of work on it that way. And, and, you know, maybe get a spare firing pin or something and, you know, have it so that one's the smaller one and then have the other and the big one and do it that way. But I don't know. I If you match the barrel up correctly with the smaller calibers, you should be fine. Part of the problem is... There actually is a difference in a 308 versus like a 6.5 Creed. And that's where you start to see those popping in the firing pins because we do pre-fit barrels and they're not like perfect. So you know, you almost need like so to give your gunsmith the, the action the first time, have the barrel specced up for it. And then from there, you can go forward. Um, turrets. I always try to zero after stage. Yeah, man. Well, this is... This is the biggest, who's this uh, question? Joker again, Joker, man. Yeah, I want to talk to the Joker and what he's saying. One of the biggest mistakes we see in the class and we see in stuff is either, I mean, not dialing the wind or not thinking about the wind or, you know, just like holding the edge or holding center or not doing wind or trajectory and not going to the next yard line or being revs off, not understanding the condition of your scope. I guess is a way of doing it, is saying it, you know, what is the current condition of your scope? And, and thinking about that, we see, I mean, it's not huge, but we've had a couple guys where it's like, okay, we're going to 500. Okay, we're going to 800. And then it's like, boom, no clue. You shooting the right target. Yep. Boom. No clue. You shooting the right target. Yep. Boom. Up there it is. 400 yards short. Did you put your dope on? No. Okay, and then it's like, you know, I get holding the wrong way. I'd, I'd rather you held the wrong way for wind in a lot of ways than not holding anything at all. You know what I'm saying? You know, it, it, it sounds weird and it it's totally doesn't make sense, but to me it makes sense. At least you thought about it. Where your pre and post shot checklist, WTF, and that's what he's talking about, uh, Joker's talking about with his turrets. Your pre-shot checklist, okay, I'm going to come up to a, a stage, I'm going to come up to a firing line, a target, I'm addressing something. Could be an animal in a hunt you're going to this month, next month, right? I'm addressing that. Well, if I'm setting up on an animal in a stalk, in a, in, or not a stalk, but in a hide site, and I'm looking over and something comes in, well, I should be thinking WTF. What's the wind doing? The wind is the most dynamic. It's the first thing, right? The wind is ever-changing. It's there. It's it's up. It's down. It's left. It's right. It's all over. So what's you should be thinking wind. What's the wind? What's going on with the wind? Okay. Then, T, what's the target you're shooting? What's the trajectory or the range you have to engage the target? You know, what is it? What are you going to do about it? And, you know, then the fundamentals of marksmanship, WTF. Well, after that, now we've taken the shot, we've done all the stuff we're going on. What you should be doing is a post-shot checklist, your post-shot checklist, okay? Return your turrets to zero, zero, zero everything out so you know the condition of your scope. That's where guys get a rev off. I mean, there's still scopes out there that may not have a zero stop installed or set up like the shims. And the different things, like a Vortex PST or something, right? They got shims. Not everybody carries them, inserts them, uses them. Then you have ones that have 5 mil turns, 10 mil turns. What's the turns on your turret? And how likely is it for you to get lost in the number of turns your turret has? Okay? So there's that question. So if you always bring it back to zero and you know the condition of your turrets... That's a big, big part of it. And that's where a lot of people fall down is they don't understand the condition of their scope 
at the time they're getting ready to take the shot. Okay, so you want to simplify this and bring it to that checklist. But yeah, man, Joker's got a good point there. I don't know what this guy's saying. Airplane mode. What is, I don't know. Um, uh, love the music. Uh, that's ATV. Frank, uh, my brother, respect for Chesty. Stop singing. Yeah, right. I, I, well, that's what I get, man. You, get, you come at me, I'm coming back at you with some crazy stuff. Uh, Mooner, good content. Keep it coming. Thanks, Bobby. Uh, Mark's doing something. Simple calculator. Divide your answer. Any other apps do the scope error? Yeah, okay. So this came up as well. So all you're doing is there's only two apps I know of that do the scope error thing. Field firing solutions and cold bore. And none of them work on our phones, right? I have them on the Trimble and the Juno I was talking about. I have the the, uh, uh, Nokia phone for uh, cold bore. And it's just a, you know, no SIM card Windows phone for that. That'll give you like an exact number and do the math for you. But you can just do a simple division and say, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be traveling 36 inches. I only traveled 35 inches. What's the percentage of that? And where's the error? And you just divide it. It's pretty simple math. But there aren't any apps. I was saying the Ballistic X Axe. Yeah, the Ballistic X app that measures like your group size, those guys should be putting in the scope tool and the true range zero stuff. You know what I mean? Think about this, you know, cause that app to me is kind of like, yeah, if you're just measuring group size, you have a lot more room to put utilities in there. I would put a true range zero. Here's my group. Here's where zero is. Give me the offsets and let me use that as a true range zero kind of thing. And then I would do an uh, uh, an app that tells me my scope test and how accurate that is because it's just a reticle run and it's a single page utility. To me, that's where that should be. But who knows? What do I know? Um, I'm just here selling gear. Um, squeaky seat McGee. I don't know. I don't think there's a squeaky seat. But uh, <laughs> what is this one? Army dog. What do we got going on? Um. What's the latest uh, on the Trigger Tech two-stage trigger? Is it going to hit the market? I don't know when that one's hitting the street. I haven't talked to them. I'm using the Trigger Techs. I'm actually using these Elfmans too. The Elfman tactical ones are really good for single stage and all that. I have to look back at I'll see Mike um, tomorrow probably in, um, you know, and <laughs> this one's asking if Mike's coming back. I don't know what the heck the story is with Mike. You'll have to talk to Mike. Uh, 500 yards, zero, four mils under. Yeah, that we, you, you said that. Um, I haven't seen the bounce level thread. Can you do a bullet point on rear bag techniques? Yeah, I could do a bullet point on rear bag techniques. That shouldn't be too bad. Yep, zero, zero, power backed off and then set parallax to shortest range. Probably contradictory when I close the scope caps. Thanks for the good content. Yeah, that's going back to that post-shot checklist. What we do is tell them to close the scope claps to protect your glass. And one of the things like for LE and military and even PRS guys, you should be backing your power down. I would almost say like, you know, if you have your power back down because if you come up, then you could find the targets, then zoom up and do it that way. We we see a lot of guys hunting for the target because they're, uh, it's still, even you tell them, I mean, I literally probably said it six, eight times. I shoot between 12 and 18 power on steel, okay? I'm in, uh, you know, 25 power scope. If I'm shooting 100 yard on paper, I'm fine at 25 power. No no big deal. But then once I transition to steel, I back it down to like, you know, and it depends what I'm doing. If I'm, if I'm not on a clock, I'm around 18. If I start going on a clock, I'm around 14 to 12. You know what I mean? Because I want that field of view. I want to be able to find it and look at everything in context and then, focus in on, on what I need to. So having that power down to me is a big deal. Um, and it would help, you know, um, I like using the idea of coins to denote mills. Yeah, man, 10 pennies in a dime. That's the easiest way to explain a mill. Cause you're dialing in one tenth, right? One, one click is a penny and it's, Hey man, I need 18 cents on the gun, put 18 cents on. You know, hey, instead of mills, you just call it 18 cents. You know, give me 18 cents on your gun, dude. Give me 21 cents on the gun, you know. Give me five cents on the gun. It's really easy. So, 
kind of a neat little thing. Um, I have all night four scopes with my zero stops, uh, hard set at 100 yards zero. What's the benefit of having .5 under? I also have bubbles on all my guns. The only time I use them is when I feel something's not right. For example, period dog shooting prone, feet above my head, shooting on level land. On level land is meaningless. Um, it's still still going to feel it. Uh, I guess it helps me quiet the voices. Yeah, if it's quieting your voices, for sure. Um, the, the thing is, is that you're, oh, inst- you don't have to defeat it. We, we have guys that always have to go below zero for something. And it's never really big, but there's always a need to go below zero, either in a movement, adjustment, whatever the case may be. I find that it's better to be below zero. Uh, anyway, um... Yep. All right, Frank. What's uh, on a Daniel? Def- yeah. Anyway, we're, I'm back to the comments I read. So that's that's kind of the user comments going on there. And then we had a, a, some good conversations in the Sniper's Hide forum. So there was some really good stuff going on there. We have an everyday sniper section of the forum. Man, it was like the last two days. Like it's weird because I'm not home the weekend and the mods weren't really um around on the forum. I. God, I had approved over the last two days, last night when I got home, and then today, I would I have like 40-something people on, and then 57 this morning. I was like, God damn, man, what is up with all these new signups? Tons and tons of signups on the site. You know, like I'm 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 probably doing, you know, a hundred new people every day with the damn thing. You know, every 24 hours kind of uh I'm noticing a big, big block. I don't know if it's hunting season, the weather's changing, people are coming off of summer, and they're going into the forum and signing up even more so. So that's been kind of cool to see that. I'm in a huge growth mode with the forum, and um, it's just been working out really well in, in putting all that together. So if you need some information, you need to go and clarify, you need to kind of go out there and, and, and put a point on that exclamation Go over to the forum, go check it out. All those, I mean, most of these questions and answers and things and comments, they're all over the forum every single day. The same questions get asked. And oh, what is this? Crap. Telephones and it's scam calls. I get more spam calls than I could shake a stick at. It's my original phone number, so it's a total spam scam call. And unfortunately, when your phone goes through your computer, it's going to listen and do ghosty stuff. So, yeah, I mean, uh, that that and to get back into the letter, let me see where that letter is for everybody. Um, there's a couple for, um sections in the in the forum. The beer pit for oh, I know what I had to mention. God dang, I almost forgot. And <laughs> I'm way delayed on it. We did do sweatshirts and hoodies. And we did like three designs for Sniper's Hide. Surge, I totally spaced this out. Can't believe that. Um, so people wanted swag, right? Sniper's Hide swag. I have the Sniper's Hide mugs, right? The the um Those cool Yeti knockoff mugs with the black and the silver. They look really, really good. So um, there's only like 20 left. I have a few of them here. But we had 100 mugs last month and we went and sold the mugs. Well, then people wanted like hoodies and sweatshirts. So we we designed a Sniper's Hide hoodie. And one of them, I, I think there's three designs. They're pretty straightforward. Let me go into uh, Serge's um, message to me. Uh, what do we got here? Yeah, so there's like three designs. I got to go and open up the dang thing. So, um, yeah, so in the beer pit. In the beer pit, Sniper's Hide sweatshirts, pre-orders. It's supposed to close like today. I'm like way late. You probably can get a hold of them because I am way late on talking about it. But there's a straight up logo one. There's kind of a Windrose logo one where it's kind of got the, it's got a circle with a Windrose type of thing. It's got the Sniper's Hide logo in the middle with a reticle. And then like we got an American flag. We got a sledgehammer for Hammer Forge. There's a Bigfoot at the bottom and then there's a bullet on the nine o'clock. And that one's kind of cool, straight, you know, not crazy, but it's kind of like it could either be Ban Hammer or Hammer Forge. So the hammer is either a Ban Hammer or a Hammer Forge Fundamental. And then Bigfoot, because we talk about Bigfoot and then shooting and all that. Well, then we have another one, and this one's hysterical. It's like a big 
American flag Ipsic target with that wind rose in the middle with like a sniper hidden in there in the background with crossed rifles. There's an AI and there's an M40 style. And then it has like a whiskey tango, foxtrot, you know, WTF. It's got a kit and like a cat, a buy ammo box and a Bigfoot. It's a friggin' like, it's all the the snipers hide forum like buzz code words. Like if you're on the forum, you'll know what each little thing means, but it's all like mixed in this one really cool design somebody did. And then we got like one other one, I think. Oh no, that's just a plain logo. So these three, so you can go on to snipers hide. We got some premium uh, shirts and everything. And if you want a snipers hide sweatshirt, see surge uh hick 28 i think he is on on sniper's hide in the beer pit and talk to him he's doing the pre-order today i'm so late on all of this and didn't talk about it that was my bad but guys have been asking for swag so i've been trying to get swag for everybody so yeah good thing uh good thing i kind of got that all uh, brought up because i completely spaced it out i gotta start writing dang notes down with when i get busy and sidetracked and you know distracted it, it turns into one of these things uh, where where I forget to mention to you guys that, oh, we got Sniper's Hide swag and sweatshirts. So good first winter coming, fall, today's first day of fall, right? Last day of summer yesterday. It's a gorgeous day. And and so we have that. Let me see what else I got going on. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I don't have any clue. Needed to go into that beer pit. <laughs> you know what's funny? So... I made a comment. We were talking about Kalen and everything, and I made a comment about um, on the forum in the match director resource kind of section. And I don't know if it's visible to anybody. I need to go check that out and make sure it's like visible. But um, we were talking about officials and ROs and how to minimize and to do it. So I wrote out how I kind kind of envisioned seeing a match that could be run with just like an official, like an observer versus an ROs, you know, <laughs> nobody commented, you know, and, and everybody who did, I got two comments and both of them love it, but nobody's going in there and looking at it. So I'm just going to read you like this one. I don't even know who it is. M H M A H T V. He's, um, I don't even know who he is. He's a new member. Cause he's got a minute man and a Hessian and all this. I like this a lot. I shot a lot of 3d archery over the years. It's all self-scored. There's always grumbling about, the super squads, umbrella shooters, we call them. But it's an observer that we alleviate uh, quite a bit, I guess. Um, what does he say? Something else that happened on the second day shoots is top flight for these guys going for the buckle trophy. So on Sunday, if you're, uh, I, I'm not quite following what he's saying. In order to compete awards, you should be the top flight squad on Sunday. Oh, he's I'm not quite sure how they do that. But yeah, it's a little bit distracting. But what he's saying is there should be some kind of change on a Sunday for a two-day match to where like the super squads are mixed in. But I don't know. I don't think there should be super squads. I think you should be mixing them up. Um, but yeah, I mean, people like this idea that I put forward. And it's like a two-page little letter on how you can operate a match with an observer versus with a range officer. So it's just funny how everybody bitches and, and saying, oh, there's not enough ROs. Oh, there's not this, there's not that. But then, you know, they don't want to look at it and give it the time of day. But if I bitch about something and complain about some BS that happened at a match last weekend, there'll be five pages worth, you know, because everybody just wants the drama. They don't want the solutions. So that's how that's going, <laughs> right? And... uh yeah, that's that's pretty much going on. Like I said, it's been kind of quiet. We're just coming out of the winter. God, I got 26 people signed. I got to do 20. I did 57 this morning. There's already 26 in the approval queue. Jesus Christ, man. I got to go in and do it all over again. But anyway, that's what's going on. I'm going to be heading to Alaska. I'm going to, on Wednesday, I'll do a podcast up there. It's going to be 200. Maybe I'll do something big with Mark and everything. We're going to go out on, um, I'm going to be in early on Wednesday. So I know we're going out on Wednesday night and uh, we'll sort that out. But I'll do a big 200 episode with Mark um, probably Thursday because Thursday's an empty day. So I got to figure out what we're going to do. I guess it makes sense that we'll do something Alaska for 200 and, and we'll go from there. 
But uh, thanks a lot for listening. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper. Go into the forums. The forums are going crazy. Let me know what you think was like top tier equipment or, or new equipment for 2019. What did you see in 2019 that stood out, that helped you? And I know you've already done the bags. I've already done the Game Changer last year. I did the Valkyrie last year. I did the 22 NRL, um, the NRL 22 League last year. You know, I looked at the Voodoo and, and all that. So it's like for gear, gear and review for 20 or what's coming up. I don't know. It seems like a dead year for Precision Rifle, really. I don't see anything that jumps out at me like, and I mean, just looking around, I'm not seeing anything that's jumping out at me. All I see right here is a stack of Night Force that are going back. All my Night Forces are going back to them. They asked them, they asked them back. They said, Frank, you're done. I'm like, all right, dudes. But um, no, I don't know. I don't see anything. I mean, is it a reticle? Is it a scope? Is it a... Well, I guess right now this year I would do McMillan's A10. So that would be something I see as a positive when I'm looking here. McMillan's A10 is definitely something good. I mean, do you do some of these new low-cost optics and talk about guys like the written here? I mean, this written scope looks really good, but it's... Is it so different from like an Athlon? Because a lot of these are OEM'd and being made in the same place. Or do you basically do a the accessibility of light optical system? You know, like anybody can call light optical and order a scope. But how you spec it, how you pay for it, it's going to matter the quality. So I don't know what I would do with that. Um, You know, what would be something that stands out as a new an up-and-coming should-have product. You know what I mean? I think, honestly, I think lately these, like I said, these actions, uh, you know, if, if you're spending over the thousand bucks on these actions, I ain't impressed. Not, you know, not not with m many of them, really. To me, the Bighorn, like the Origin, you know, has been a, a, one of those kind of like standouts because it's 850 bucks. You could do so much with it. And it seems like it's working out really well for me. I'm not having issues. But, man, watching guys with some of these friggin' big dollar ones and they feed for shit. And it's like a delivery device, dude. I, yeah, I want some I want some meat, man. I want some stuff so they're stiff, so they're this, so they're that. But, man, at the same time, I am not impressed on the feed and feel of some of what I'm seeing from some of these newer ones. I like the old reliables. And it's... Yeah, yeah, I don't know how many of you remember. How many of you remember the competition dynamics video from their uh, like Steel Safari, the action failure video, where all these like expensive custom actions and Sniper's Hide had a huge, huge uh, discussion on it forever. I mean, it went for days. Uh, where because it was the AIs worked. You know what I mean? So like under these crappy. New Mexico, Douglas, field conditions where you're running through the sand and it's that fine powder and all these things were binding up. So there's a, and it's probably still up there. It's, I think it's even like SD. It's not even an HD video. It's like a standard definition video on YouTube somewhere that Zach Smith put up from Competition Dynamics that just showed, you know, action after act, custom action failing during their event. I mean, you don't hear about it as much anymore, but I've seen it, man. They just don't feed worth a shit. You're like running the bolt, mines that round. You got to back up that quarter of an inch, go forward. And it's everybody trying to play games with magazines and this and, and uh, blah. And like this one guy said, he had a round off his, you know, he's got a $1,500 custom action and he's got to go and put a Dremel on the friggin' plunger so it doesn't catch the round and bind it up. It's like, what the heck is that, man? I mean, in, in this guy in the class, was it was doing it every single round just about. And, and it's like, what the frig is going on, dude? The, the, these things are, are big dollars. Everybody rants and raves about them. It's like, oh, but so-and-so won with it. Yeah, give so-and-so a Remington 700, he's still going to win. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. But it just seems crazy that um everybody's into that kind of stuff. And who the heck knows? Alrighty, man, that's all I got today. I'm going to get this uploaded for you. Um, no video stuff this week. My camera's back getting repaired. I have that audio, that preamp that's just been messing me up. It, I sent it back last week, and I know they got it. I haven't heard from them yet. So um, we'll find out what, this, what the verdict on my, um, my Blackmagic camera is. 
because it's back getting repaired and hopefully that fixes some of my audio and I don't have to start playing separate audio games. I don't want to do like video on one side and audio on the other just to clean it up. If I can't run it th straight through the camera and not have it sound muddy, it's like, what the frig's the point? But um, we'll see. We'll see what they come back and tell me as far as the um, the black magic goes. All righty. That's all I got. Like I said, I, I need I need to figure out what's what's going on with the latest and greatest and, and see what I'm going to do for that because I'm at a loss right now for for what's lighting the world on fire. For you guys up in Alaska, I will see you this weekend at the reunion. We're going to be at the Sheep Creek, have dinner, have their things, big party. Um, and then we got our PR2 up there. That was, you know what, I want to get into that a minute really quick. Uh, the class, we had the class this past weekend. And, and this this comes up. I got a few more minutes here. We can talk some more. So I had the class come up. And a couple of the students were all coming around, hanging out afterwards. And, and two different groups of students asked me the same question because they really like it. They really know what's, you know, they really dig what's going on. And then they say to me, what's the next step for me? Okay, so I'm looking at me as a marksmanship and a foundation class, right? I'm your foundation. I'm your fundamental class. Then they'll say, well, what's next? And the question is, well, where do you want to go? What, what do you see as your next step in your personal shooting? Because I said to him, I said, well, you know, maybe go to like a K&M because they have the facilities for the, for the competitions and all the obstacles, you know, shoot out of their Connex stuff, go do this, go do that. And he goes, yeah, I have no interest in PRS. Okay, so you're not going to go there. You don't want to do all that. So where is your interest, you know? Do you take the same class? And we have a lot of students who do this. They'll take the foundation class a second or third time because it, they absorb more, right? The first time, it's kind of like overwhelming. It's a fire hose. The second time, it's kind of coming through more like a garden hose. And then the third time, is like a cool, refreshing glass. And you really kind of get it. And it and it then it sits in there, you know, because this is, I mean, two three days, we're hitting you with so much information, it can become overwhelming, you know, and that's the question: is you have to be honest and and tell us where do you see yourself going to the next level? Now, to me, I think Altus is going to become my next level class because they're going to have all the stuff for competitions and things like that. They got the movers out there. And we can do a lot because of the huge variety of the Altus um, facility, you know. So I can really see myself kind of bringing it in a PR2 type of thing. But what is an advanced class? What is the next step? Well, one, it, it, it's the fundamentals of marksmanship, right? Well, what's the advanced class? Well, the fundamentals faster from a different position. It's really not anything different. It's just going and taking you out. You know, I was I was listening. I um, I want to say it was was it a football game or it was something? I don't know. I was listening to a Sports Channel, driving back and forth, and they were talking about this fundamentals brought them over the edge. This fundamentals brought them to the next level. That you know, and and it was this fundamental thing that they did, and and it's that that's what it is. And when you go from like one of the big conversations you'll hear talk about, like a college uh, football person and then an NFL pro level football, it's the speed of the game, right? How fast they're moving, how hard they hit, right? So think about this, like you have a fundamental, you're learning something in college, you're playing a game. Well, then when you go to the pro side, what changes? The speed and the cadence of the reaction, right? Of the movement, and, and it's just that big, powerful, the crowds are bigger, this is bigger, everything's bigger, and now your speedy is, is going quicker. And so that's all that is, is then applying those fundamentals to that change in tempo and being able to execute at blazing fast speeds. Same thing. Being able to go from a prone position to alternate positions and still execute and not change the fundamental way in which you're engaging that rifle. We see this a lot with people and something to look at. Okay, man, I want you to get your dry fires in, get your dry fires in, get your dry fires in. And then, all right, we're going live and they change. It's like good press, good press, good press, live, change my press. 
Why do we do that? Why do and and I noticed the like um you know one of the mats and stuff, and and I noticed this a couple times. So we we got the big diamond and the little diamond. So we have like a ten inch diamond at six hundred and a four inch diamond next to it on a single stand. We got the double uh, A targets, Austin Angus, right? We have his diamonds and we have big and little, big and little. And the guys will shoot the big one and get it, no problem, and hit it. And then they're going to the little one, and you see their hand move and change their position in their grip, and then you'll see them tap because they think it's a smaller, higher-priority target and that they have to be careful. But meanwhile, they're hitting dead center and they're doing all this other stuff, press, break, freeze correctly, but then when they go to the small target, it's tap. That's that thing you have to fight. That's what you're looking at to be able to say, hey, that change right there, when you changed your body position, you're doing it subconsciously, that's what we're looking to fix with with guys. So think about when you're looking at it, maybe put yourself on camera. And one of the ways to do, I would recommend if you throw a GoPro or your phone or something out there on selfie mode, dry fire like five rounds. And then without breaking your position, don't come off the gun, don't break your cheek, nothing like that. Load in your live mag, and then your sixth round would be live. So it should be dry fire, run the bolt, go through, light, run the bolt, go through. And don't just lift up and down. Treat it like a live shot. Then just slide that support hand up, come up, bring your mag in, and then run the bolt again. And it's a choreography, right? shooting your firing hand holds the rifle into the shoulder pocket support hand comes out loads the mag goes back then the firing hand comes off the stock to run the bolt the support hand holds the stock in place run the bolt now you're a live round and if you film yourself doing this see if you change how you press the trigger gonna leave you with that right see if you change how you press it because that's where we notice guys changing their press they'll dry fire correctly live fire different All right, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper. Have a great week. We'll be talking to you for episode 200. Maybe we'll give something away. I don't know. I probably have something here we can give away, but I I, will think about it. All right, guys, have a good one.